0: No matter what you're dressed as, you see the world the same, but the world sees you differently.
1: Hi, this is You May Contribute A Verse. I'm Brenna Jenneret, kidlit author, lover of glitter, and co-host of this podcast. I'm joined by my co-host Josh Munkin, kidlit author, dad and science communicator, and podcast wizard John Seymour, an author illustrator, family man, and senior informatics analyst. Today, we talk with Jonathan Hamlin, co-founder of the New York chapter of Drag Story Hour, which is exactly as magical, joyful, and creative as it sounds. I mean, drag queens and kids? Why are we just learning about this now? The cross-section of magic, complexity, and self-expression of the two is undeniable. Happy Pride Month, everyone, and here's to self-expression, freedom of choice, and breaking boundaries every day of the year. Here's Jonathan's verse. We are so happy to have you here. We both just we we were sort of like, you know, doing a little bit of research before you came on and watching some of the videos about drag time or drag story hour, and it just it's there's like so much joy and so many sparkles. I I'm so excited to talk to you
0: all about it. I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having us. This is this will be
2: fun. I have to acknowledge. First, my my biggest connection, or my, the biggest way, um, first and strongest thought going into this is the are the are the, the layers of clothing that you put on as part of drag story R, but also the layers of complexity that you all add for yourselves as part of this process. I, I approach this podcast and other opportunities with with the knowledge that. <clears throat> public speaking is something that I've worked on for myself for the past 10 years. Um, within my corporate day job, it's been something that that I've I've tried to master and get over and um you know harness the nervousness. And it, it occurs to me, watching like watching your South by Southwest and thinking about the visits that you guys do, you all do. Um th- th- not only are you doing public speaking, you're doing public speaking in. Drag, you're doing public speaking in drag to children, and on top of all that, um, with the understanding that for for a large part of uh, of the events that you do, there, there is a pretty significant chance that you'll get some some adult pushback. Um, so I guess opening up the conversation with massive props for the complexity, uh, you know, taking on the challenge that all of these uh, these events and this initiative represents.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many layers to unpeel, like the number of tights I wear <laughs> for drag. <laughs> um, you know, like, I, drag, is an art form, and it's different for everybody. And I can only speak to my experience at it. But, you know, drag is already a persona you put on top of your regular self. And either, for me, it's sort of an extension of myself and kind of like the fun outgoing qualities but then when I start working with Story Hour, it's like, okay, like as adults, we already filter ourselves and sort of do drag in front of kids. You know, we have to dress differently, maybe speak differently. Um, so performing for drunk adults at 11 p.m. looks very different than five-year-olds at 11 a.m. at a <laughs> library. So, you know, it's like an added layer of like, okay, how can this extension of myself, this like art form also transition um to be kid friendly and kind of rediscovering myself and my art form and figuring out like a new route route to take um so it's interesting to have all these layers you know not every drag performer wants to do story hour a lot of drag artists are like you know like I'm a bar queen. I do adult entertainment. I do, you know, clubs and nightlife and that's my thing. We're like, awesome. Um, you know, I'm an elder millennial. I was born in the 1900s. So I am in bed by 10 PM. So (laughs) So story hour. I feel that. Perfect for me. I love it. And I can hit up a happy hour afterwards and she's good to go home. Um, but yeah, it's just it's, it's just interesting. you learn all these new skill sets like every time you do drag and then the kids add another layer. And then if you do have pushback or people yelling at you, it, it kind of is a whole other like external force coming at you that you kind of have to deal with in the moment. So drag is like really special in that way because you no matter what you're dressed as, you see the world the same but mm. the world sees you differently. So it's just, it's just, it's a fascinating thing.
1: It is. And I, so it, it's interesting, like how easily drag Queens sort of fit into this childlike environment with story time. Right. I mean, just watching those kids and like, just thinking about it in my own brain, my, my son would love that. He loves glitter and sparkles. His favorite color is pink. Like he'd be all for all of that. And I, yeah, I guess, I guess the root of this question is how did it, where did this idea come from? Like who, you know, what was the impetus and how did this start? Because it just, it seems so smart, like, you know, like just a, like a step over into the world of kids. Cause they love it. One little girl was like, they're like mermaids mixed with Queens. I'm like, that's perfect. That's like a perfect, <laughs> you know, like thought of like, of like what a drag queen is to them, you know? And they just, they love the sparkles and the hair and the colors. And that's, that's what they're there for. So, yeah. So if you could talk a little bit about how it started.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like dragging kids just make a lot of sense. It's like this play with expression and creativity and not having boundaries and kids aren't really baked into societal norms yet or really baked into gender roles. So you're able to play with all the different colors of the crayon box and you can explore without being judged and you can feel free. And that's you know, our mission and vision of Story Hour is just to inspire creativity and have like boundless, like what would life look like if we weren't bound by, you know, these boundaries that we put up for ourselves that are all kind of stupid in a way. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm sure many people dressed in costume and read to kids way before Story Hour was formed through history. and But to trace back to our the work that we do in our nonprofit, um, in the States, um, Mich- um, our founder, Michelle T, she's an author an activist, uh, queer and a young parent at the time, still a young parent, but when story hour was non-existent, um, they're living in the Castro area of San Francisco. It's, you know, very gay. And she's like, you know, as a queer parent, I love taking, My kid to story time at the library, but you know, would it would be awesome to have programming for queer parents and queer families? And she was thinking, you know, how can we queer up story hour? And then like, oh, like we could have drag queens reading the stories. And it's a very community San Fran thing to have drag queens reading books to kids. So um, it went on for like a year or so um, at the Castro Library. It was all led by um, Latinx trans women that do drag so it was like a very cool intersectional intersectional program and a year later uh I was visiting San Fran and read it in a flyer or something and went to it and Honey Mahogany from RuPaul's Drag Race was the reader and I was like oh my god this is amazing I did drag for a year to this point I'm like this is great I hate nightlife (laughs) <laughs> um, right i'm, I'm old aligned. i'm tired <laughs> yeah it's drag exactly for morning like people I was, I was still like i was like 25 at a time or something, but still i was like this is great i i love this this is awesome it felt more um aligned with my own like self where nightlife is you know you're gonna make your coin and you're entertaining people which is awesome but i was like oh this is like way more activist driven and um has like a, a really strong purpose. So I helped co-founded the New York City chapter and was the first drag queen to read in New York in 2016. Um, okay, yeah. And then that's kind of our roots. And then now 2023, we have 50 chapters in 45 states. We have an international presence and we have oh, drag wow. storytellers reading all over the globe. So.
1: Wow, I had no idea that it had spread that far already. That's incredible. Yeah,
0: it's really it's fascinating how it's definitely become we've inspired so many other groups and people to read to kids, so um it's definitely become like a movement for sure.
1: Is this do you do this full time? Full time. Wow, awesome. How great is that yeah. that you were like, oh, this is really fun and speaks to me and like I don't, you know, nightlife is like not really my thing. And then a couple of years later you're like, now that this is my life. This is how I like support myself and this is what I do. And it's like
0: Yeah, I am a professional homosexual. I, I <laughs>
1: <good>. <laughs> You've arrived. Finally. Arrived. There's a niche. <laughs> I mean, like,
0: it's super cool. And like my my personal drag when I do drag in New York City. It's always for it's always a charity event. So we're always, I always host bingos for other nonprofits in New York City. So and those are at like four p.m. So I'm like, oh, like this is just this is a dream. I can do drag and be part of the culture and not be out in Bushwick until three a.m. So yes, with the yes. yeah with those Gen Zs. So it's it's great. <laughs> Love it.
2: So you'd only been doing it for for a year. How did you how did you come to it originally?
0: Um, to drag or to story Mm. hour,
2: uh, to, to drag itself.
0: I mean, I feel like there's two types of drag queens when you boil it down. It's either you, someone asks you in college or something to get in drag for a charity event or like a fashion show or some type of like, I don't know, like gender bending cross dressing thing for like, I don't know, relay for life or something. Or there's Halloween queens where you dress and drag for Halloween. So once I transformed into Lana Del Rey in 2014, I was yes, like, oh. I was like, going to ask what your like, name was. That's so good. I, I was like, oh, like I was, I was, I was, I was Lana and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm, um, this is going to be my personality for now. <laughs> it's on. <a> drag, <laughs> it's great. Um, and then I, yeah, then I became Ona Louise, which is my drag persona and, very Lana Del Rey roots for sure. So um,
2: was it was yeah. it a process of feeling? I mean, I think that was the essence of what you had just said. But but sort of like putting on putting on drag to become yourself, or to become a part of yourself, or emphasize a part of yourself.
0: Um. Yeah i I feel like so. My drag name is my mom's name. So my mom's name is Ona, and her name is Louise. So that's like my drag name. And I take a lot of inspiration from my mom and my grandmother. So it's very 60s. It's very aesthetic driven. She's matchy matchy. The purse matches the shoes, matches the headband, matches the earring. She's very, that's her vibe. And, um, you know, I, I think for a lot of queer people it's important to find ways to kind of honor your like ancestors or bio family without your normal, you know, calling them on the phone have a relationship with them. So in a way I can kind of relate and have a safe distance and kind of honor the women in my blood family without having traumatic relationships with them, which is the case for me. So I get to honor them from like, you know, uh, a hand away, like a, you know, a foot away. So it's kind mm-hmm. of nice. And, um, you know, it can hold space for that. Um,
2: yeah. Just call, calling out, um, I'm sure we can explore this as, as being some normative in the community, but calling out the fact that you refer to, you refer to Ona Louise as your, as, as her, as your persona, not as, as me per se. That's an intentional practice. Uh
0: yeah, and and I think the personal work I've done, it's definitely separating drag out from my non drag life, especially working for Story Hour as ED. Executive directing is not the most glamorous job (laughs) at all. No matter what kind of work, even for Drag Story Hour, (laughs) Drag Story (laughs) Hour it it is very fabulous, but it's more (laughs) spreadsheets and less Um, spreading your wings, I guess. So. Um, I can definitely channel all that creativity and gender expression and exploration into drag and kind of funnel it into that medium, which is really nice. Um, so yeah, so, and it's, you know, when you do drag, for me, Ona has kind of taken on her own personal journey in drag. It's just like your personal style, you know, like what you wore in college or high school looks very different than now. So, you know, your, your drag kind of changes, you get better at makeup and, you know, you learn how to shop and get your jokes and, you know, you just transform. So she's on her own little trajectory and sometimes (laughs) you can't control what she wants to do as far as where it's headed. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I got a custom mullet made. And I'm always a redhead, so when I did that, um, I, I was like, "Oh, it's over." I was like, "She's David Bowie." It's giving like '80s rocker, like Milwaukee trash. Like I was like, "This is like Ona's yes. youth." Like so, she had like her midlife crisis already. So, um.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, a mohawk opens up so much. You're right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's so many options.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's all different. So. It's just fun to explore characters that you aren't usually yourself. So it's, I don't know, like gender is really fun to explore. And you can, you feel differently when you dress differently. You know, obviously, if you wear a dress versus pants, it's going to, you know, be totally different. So
1: I think that's exactly why there are so many parallels to working with kids. Like why that's such a good fit. I mean, they also, they love to dress up. They love to just like try new stuff or you know like my son is just like into minecraft and battling now so he plays actual minecraft and then he plays mine like minecraft like for real like with his friends right like just pretend like battles and fighting and like battling bosses or whatever and it's it's very similar you know it's all just like exploration and creativity and just figuring out like what it is that you like to do it's it, it makes, it just makes a lot of sense. Like, I know I keep saying that, but I love that you guys put that together. Cause why didn't anyone else think of that? Right. I mean, you said, yeah, like people have been dressing up for a long time, probably to do story hour, but not in this way.
0: Yeah. And you know, like it doesn't mean anything. Like just because your kid is playing with certain toys or exhibiting certain explorations doesn't mean anything. It just means that they're discovering life and
1: right, in yeah.
0: the world, ro- In the world we live in now with like the fast paced scrolling and the screens, uh, I personally think kids don't get, they don't experience live performance as much as they could. And Mm -hmm. I feel like drag is just really visceral. And like when you're seeing it in person and the personality and the energy comes to the room and you have this person in front of you, it's like having like a Disney character come to life, basically. And seeing things you wouldn't see you know, on your screen or YouTube and being like, oh, wow, like this is a really kind of gender fluid creature I've never experienced. And it kind of opens gateways to like, well, you know, maybe I could play Minecraft in real life and I could build things, you know, out of soup cans or whatever you want to do. So,
1: yeah, I think it's a great portal.
2: Yeah. And this has been reinforced by other things that I've I've seen you all talk about, but there's an interesting thing with drag performance, um, in in terms of it not being pure, see yourself represented representation, but see, see something that's closer to, um, extreme is not the right word, but, uh, but, um, the far end of the spectrum in terms of what, what's possible, it's like pure, pure creativity and expression versus here. I see, I see a representation of myself doing story hour per se.
0: Yeah. And, and the cool thing about drag is it's rooted in like queer culture and queer community. So unlike performance art or Broadway, drag is, uh, you know, specifically has these queer roots. So it definitely like it's a spotlight on LGBT, you know, community and our people. And I think that's where a lot of the uproar is, because if it wasn't called drag story hour and just like story hour with performance artists or puppets, People wouldn't be upset, but since it's rooted in queer community, people are all, you know, upset. But you know, it's like any art form; you have different levels and different extremities. So, yeah, <laughs>
2: extremities, literally <laughs> and figurative, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hear with me one sec. I'm gonna. You guys continue. I'm gonna um, go off video and relocate myself real quick. Just oh,
1: okay. Minutes. Um, I okay. So I wanted to ask about. Because you you had said when we came on, you know, is it is it video? Should I have worn? Should I have gotten all my makeup on? So can you just tell me a little about your process as as somebody who doesn't wear makeup at all? And I always, even if I do, right, it's like very fumbly, and I'm always like, wait, where does this go? What do I do with this? Like, how I guess two two part question? How long does it take? And then how did you? learn to do it in the first place was it is it sort of like a mentor you know like you find somebody who can help you or you just like trial and error
0: yeah I mean in the drag community a lot of times you have a drag mom who is a drag queen or maybe a drag dad you have a drag family that um kind of adopts you and helps you and you kind of um learn from them and you become a house so um you know, somebody can take you in, you, you you may get influenced by their makeup style and their, you know, clothing style and kind of become a family with them. Um, I was sort of a drag orphan. I had a friend at the time that wanted to do drag at the same time. So we're like drag orphan sisters and just kind of taught each other how to do <laughs> okay. it between trial and error and YouTube and, um, you know, you just look at photos of yourself and you're like, Oh, yikes, I should do this different or better. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it really is like painting. It's like painting your face. And unlike day-to-day makeup, drag is extremely theatrical. And then yeah. um, the other hurdle with story hour is that you're usually in fluorescent lighting or it's daytime. And, drag makeup isn't the friendliest in those lightings it's it's definitely a hate crime those those library lights are definitely homophobic but um you know there's nothing more beautiful than seeing drag makeup on a in a dark room with a lit stage that's when it, the makeup is really shining but um some girls like Angel Electra who founded our Miami chapter she can she can beat her face in like 20-30 minutes and be like stunning and I'm like I don't how I it takes me 30 minutes to just shave my face let alone like
1: (laughs) oh right because you have yeah you have to prepare the area yeah totally that makes sense how so just to tie it into writing like a little bit so how easy is it for you if you're like shoot I made a mistake like that looks horrible or whatever how easy is it to sort of like like edit in the moment, or do you have to like wipe it off and like start all over? Like I don't oh like how really malleable I guess is the makeup.
0: <laughs> it def- it really depends how bad you mess up. Have you ever dropped your mascara wand on your cheek, or messed up your eyeliner, or had your pet jump on your lap or something, and you had a jump scare? <laughs> You might have to okay. like do some type of fantasy makeup and do like branches okay. on your face or just just lead go into it. the weird and be like, okay, Picasso, let's go
1: for it. So, um,
0: you know, you just had to maybe lean into that clown fantasy thing if you get too far in.
1: Right. Because um, it's not, like you said, it's not like day to day makeup. It's not like like sort of a subtle, it's very much like I'm wearing makeup, like this is what I want it to look like. So it's also oh, very, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you, you cover the whole thing and it's, like, sorry, you go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, like, you would not want to show up in the office or, like, in court with, with drag makeup. You look, <laughs> right. Look, it's look, a whole look, different, look, different section of yeah. the store. <laughs> and, yeah, and I just started using, like, theatrical um, finishing spray to, like, hold everything in. and. Oh it's so intense it like burns and then you can just feel all your skin and pores like like really like tighten and it's like this layer of concrete on your face oh wow you're like like, i could jump in a pool and like this face is not moving so um yeah
1: wow yes you have to really mean it
0: yeah, it's, it's a process. I mean, for me, it takes about a, two or three hours to get ready, but I like to take my time and do it. And then if I do mess up, I can kind of backtrack a little bit. So
2: I, just an observation that uh, again, the complexity that of what you're going through is authors that go and do, do readings of their own work. There's a certain amount of prep that goes into that. Um, just again, another added layer of preparation of self preparation of material preparation of of uh, you know e- education so you know as you guys i guess here's here's the crux of the question um or, or an area that i'm I'm curious about as you all moved into um formalizing drag story hour it's performance but it, it's it's also education i know you do things like you know education on gender norms and exploration of of identity and self and all that but there's also uh, you know from, from recognition of ancestral lands to, uh, reading, you know, nature focused STEM type books. So how, pro- how programmatic are you all in terms of what gets read? What kind of freedom is there and how do you kind of, how do you, how do you govern what gets presented? Governs maybe not a great, a great term to use <laughs> for, for, for something that's kind of a free expression, but you get you get what I'm kind of exploring here hopefully
0: no yeah i mean like you know kids are sponges and drag queens um i feel like when we do we do everything with intention there's there's nothing left to mystery besides i guess what you're seeing but like you know everything's intentional from costumes to makeup to aesthetic choices so the same thing goes with our programming we really think out what's happening and, you know, working with kids, we're on an academic calendar. So, you know, we're obviously playing into what's happening with the seasons and the time and observation dates and, you know, you know, lifting up Black voices and, you know, Indigenous voices um, instead of, like, highlighting, like, Thanksgiving or something. So we're really intentional with the books we read. And we'd rather gather people in than have a list of no, no, no. It's more like, you know, like, we don't really want to focus on books about bullying because maybe in a way, books about bullying could um, introduce it to kids. So there's lots of great books that have like LGBT characters or effeminate characters or something that there's some bullies in that someone stands up for, which is great. But also, like we have maybe more uh, like a like a more straighter vision for what we want and. Also, picking books where um, it's not so gendered, where we can play with that gender. So obviously, if there's some animal characters, we, you know, we use inclusive pronouning because, you know, an apple or a tree doesn't need to be a he or she. So we try to keep that open and keep possibilities kind of like an open playing field. And, you know, like some books are great for one-on-one reads and others are need to be a story have to be read to like larger groups so there's some amazing books out there that aren't the best for like a story hour so there's lots Mm -hmm. of intersections and we also want to pick books that kids can see themselves in so like you know a wide range of characters and colors and um how that you know we really want diverse books with diverse characters And it actually is really hard to find books with characters that aren't white. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's very difficult to find these books. So if you're out there wanting to write a children's book, get really creative because there's lots of missing representation that needs to
2: happen still with children's lit. Mm. Specific request from Jonathan with Drag Story Hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Publishers take note.
1: It's time for this week's book reviews. This week, John reviewed Don't Eat Bees by Dove Petty, illustrated by Mike Bolt. It's a laugh out loud delight that both kids and adults will adore. Chip the dog with his misguided wisdom offers hilarious advice to his fellow canines, but his one valuable lesson is clear. Don't eat bees. The beautiful and funny writing coupled with Boat's lively illustrations creates an unforgettable reading experience. If you're searching for a children's book that will leave you in stitches, Don't Eat Bees is an absolute must read. Highly recommend for dog lovers and anyone in need of a good laugh. A few months ago, Josh had an immediate and very specific need for what we might call conflict light books. In swooped a recommendation for Julie Fogliano. Josh fell in love with her book, All the Beating Hearts, illustrated by Katya Chen at the writer's block in Las Vegas the day before his brother's wedding. This book is touching and dreamlike, comprehensive in the way it portrays the highs and lows of humanity. Birth to death, feast to hunger, play to work, it's a book filled with empathy for the diversity of the human experience. Definitely filled his daughter's need for less conflict while also teaching a deep level of empathy and understanding for what we all go through day after day and life after life. My review this week is for Miss Rita, Mystery Reader by Sam Donovan and Kristen Wixted illustrated by Violet Tobacco. The colors and fun jump right off the page in this sweet, inclusive book about a dad who dresses in drag to do story hour at his kid's school, written with sensitivity and thoughtfulness, and of course, a bit of glitter. Because at our core, aren't we all just trying to express ourselves? Don't forget to get your own reviews and library requests in. It's the number one way to help an author's sales. And before we get back to our show, here's this week's community shoutouts from Jenny Gorbeck, we just finished up our amazing KidLit Vibes writing contest, and the Frenzies. Molly Ippolito, Jessica Hinrichs, and Lindsay Hobson are just wonderful to work with. They've been really supportive for me while I go through the ups and downs of chasing a writing career, as well as the ups and downs of being a human. Thank you, Frenzies. From CK Malone, I want to shout out all of the KidLit Vibes peeps for running an amazing contest. AJ Irving and her new book, The Wish Flower. Shannon, Avra, and Molly and the Nightmare. And to Gerald for letting me write about a donut. And here's one from the Verse Show team. We want to shout out our podcast friend, CK Malone. Their generosity, spirit, and joy for the Kidlit community do not go unnoticed. CK, we see you and we love you. Have your own community shout out? Click our community shout out link and email the shout out to verseshowpod at gmail.com and we'll get it on the next episode. Thanks for making the Kidlit Joy Bubble a little bit bigger this week. And just a friendly reminder, we have merch now. If you love the show and want to support more episodes like this, consider grabbing a cool mug, an adorable sweatshirt, or a totally awesome tote. And now, back to our show. (laughs) Do you, so Um, if you're, oh, I was just going to say, like, what is, what does it look like? Like if I'm, like somebody sees your flyer and they're like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do drag story hour. Like, how does that, um, how does that work? Do they just contact you and then you sort of like help them figure out like when they can go in or how does it
0: yeah, so, you know, we have a really big reach and we're pretty we're the moment right now, but our organization's very grassroots. We have a very small leadership team. I'm like the only full-time employee of Story Hour and just kind of running the making the machine, machinery going and doing the operations <laughs> part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if there's a performer or an organizer that wants to work with Story Hour, we try to connect them with the nearest chapter that's closest to them and bring them into our chapter network system. And if there's not someone already officially working with us, we help them create their chapter, um, oh, which cool. um, a lot of like logistical things, but basically we want to make sure that, you know, everyone has been background checked and has some training with how to, you know, just story book reading one one and, how to answer those hard questions where kids ask Because kids say the darndest things. So you have to be kind of prepared on how you're going to answer questions um, that kids will have.
2: Free, free, you you have a document. I like to imagine that is called frequently asked darndest things.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you know, kids are so funny. They're like, is that your real name? Did your parents name you that? Is that your real hair? Like, it's just like funny things. Like, like how do you get that glitter to stick to your face like it's just a very it's hardly ever about gender mm. it's just more like about i guess it is about gender but it's not obviously it's not sexualized but it's just like it's just interesting how kids see things and call it out
1: yeah that adults right
0: that would never even say that to another person obviously so it's just just <laughs> interesting um what they get obsessed with when they see drag it's just it's like the weirdest yeah. little detail
2: Um, so yeah, it's fun. Is your name really Um, Little Miss Hot Masses? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I saw that one. That was a good, that's a great name. (laughs) Um, so since it's grown, you know, so, so quickly, so fast, is there, is this, this is the vision? Like you, you've arrived or are there, um, plans or like ideas to sort of expand programming and like do more with drag queens? Cause I mean- it, I feel like there are so many options. You could do so much.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we recently changed our name from Drag Queen Story Hour to Drag Story Hour because we are growing a lot. And we have way more than just drag queens reading for us. We have like a huge diverse network of storytellers that just go beyond. We have drag kings and lots of binary, uh, non-binary people and different performers that do drag. So just like Drag Race, Drag Story Hour makes sense and invites more people in to our network and i guess with the current media we just get you just kind of hear a lot about the backlash that we're getting and you know that maybe a drag queen reads the kids in the library is probably what the general public knows but mm-hmm. we have a lot of diverse programming we do story hour with kids with autism and other special needs in new york city we offer bilingual and multilingual readings um readings with um asl um We work with middle schools and high schools. We do like GSA visits and drama clubs. We work with companies and do diversity, inclusion, equity trainings. We work with senior citizens. um, And we are working with the Medical Library Association to bring trainings to drag storytellers to do story hours at children's hospitals um, around the country. Yeah, so you know, like we we have a lot of plans, a lot of big plans. I would love for us to have a bus or a reading mobile and be like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and oh my gosh, the that would be really cool.
1: I can picture that. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen that movie in a right, really long time. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, today would will be, be your Friday night. Uh, yeah, um, to watch.
1: yeah, right. That I mean, I love, I love all of that. Yeah, because like. I just like I said at the beginning, I mean, it's so much like it's it's just like so much joy, like watching everybody involved in the story hour, like the drag queen, the kids, the parents. And there's so much just like glitter and fun and creativity. It just it's so great that you guys are expanding that and just sort of offering it to all of these different groups, because it's just like a really fun way to bring a lot of levity to, you know, some otherwise like not so bright.
0: Yeah, I mean storytelling can come in lots of forms. So we have lots of stories to tell, and we all we are our stories, and we want our stories to be heard um to lots of different types of people. Um yeah.
2: You talked a little bit about some of the considerations for choosing the works that you read in your story hour. What kind of relationships do you all build, if any, with the authors and creators? Of these diverse books. Yeah, around.
0: well it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned Luluma's Hot Mess and they've written their second book. Oh um, with Running Press Kids. Yeah. So Oh, way um, to go. That's she, awesome. She is one of our founding um queens of Story Hour and has written two children's books. Um it's um The Hits on the Drag Queen goes swish swish swish. And then the second one is if you're a drag queen and you know it. And they're oh to the gosh, tunes are perfect. On the bus. Yeah. And they're and they're really fun sing-alongs. And we and we read those books and we add those songs to our story hours. They're really they're really fun. Yeah, and we have a number of um, storytellers that we work with that are actually writing their own books that are coming out soon. Um, Michelle T, our founder, wrote um, a children's book called Tabitha and Magoo Dress Up Too. And it's Ooh. about um, Morgana is a drag queen that pops out of the closet, like this magical drag queen and takes him to story <laughs> hour and like this magical Corvette. Um, Whoa. it's really cute. So <laughs> yeah. And you know, we, we work with public different publishers, um, to get books out to our storytellers. Um, and we do lots of author, um, drag readings. So we'll have like a split screen if it's virtual with the author and drag queen, wow. um, yeah, Jessica Love, who wrote um, Juliana's a Mermaid, is actually on our National Board of Directors. And she's illustrated um, holiday cards for us and oh, been readings wow. for us. And, um, you know, we always love to do an activity. So we really love authors that also are illustrators. Um, same with Early Anderson, who wrote Neither. Um, we love to read a book with authors than do like, let's show you how to draw a character from the book.
1: So, Oh, that's so cool. I'm putting all these books yeah. on my list. I've only heard of a handful of them. Um, yeah. That makes me think though, like at some point, I mean, this maybe is like totally like out of the, you know, out of the realm of like what you guys are trying to do. But like, you have a lot of these storytellers, a lot of them have written books, they've gotten them published. So, you know, the, the writing is there, the stories are there. Could you go the next step and be a publisher as well? Like you could be that like in-house publisher and help like get get stories out more. Drag,
2: drag publishing house.
1: Yeah,
0: I yeah. I love it. I would love a brick and mortar, pink building <laughs> in Manhattan. Just yes,
1: covered with sparkles. Just, like it yeah, could be just,
0: pub, just publishing, publishing books. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean we have an imprint so we we have like a you know like a loose imprint with different publishers that we work with oh okay um, but yeah you know that's anything's possible that's the great thing about queerness and drag is sky's the limit and beyond so yeah. we're we're definitely not limiting ourselves to what story hour and storytelling looks like so
1: yeah maybe I love that answer. That's perfect. And actually, before I forget so you mentioned um, holiday cards. So I think that was what I saw on my I I follow a friend of mine, a fellow writer on Instagram. And that's where I heard about you guys for the first time because he had posted this holiday card um something about spreading a little joy i think and it was like pink and it had like gold yeah yeah and i was like what i'm like what is that that it that that's so much joy like let me let me learn more yeah. about this and then i followed you guys and got in contact and they said to message you and i was like they should come on the podcast like that'd be so cool so can you tell us a little bit about the the holiday stuff the holiday card
0: yeah so um every year during december we work with a different illustrator to um, create a holiday card that we send out. And this year was early Anderson, and she did the two kind of like drag king and queen flying over the little snow covered town, spreading the snowflakes, which are um, cut out words from books. So they're like spreading like literacy oh, and cool. snow to the town. So it's a really cute illustration. And then the year before that, we had Jessica Love um, do our card for the year before. And, um, we also do that every pride. We work with a different artist to create a kind of a limited edition merch item. So be on the lookout for something special for pride that we'll be coming out with. So
1: when does, can you tell me again, when pride is, is that in June?
0: Prides every day, honey. Pride's <laughs> every day. I'm so, I'm
1: sorry, You're right. You're
0: right. But, um, no, um, <laughs> According to capitalism,
1: <laughs> it's the 30 days in June. So, yeah. okay. okay, I was gonna say because yeah. we could put Directing the, the record episode record. out in conjunction with yeah. with the with the new I card, know. but you're right; it's every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the title um, but, of this episode.
0: But um, you yeah. know, like I'm from I'm from Georgia, and their pride is in October because it's just too hot in June. Oh, to yeah. do pride. Okay. And same thing with, like, right. Arizona, I think. They do them in the fall. But, Interesting. But uh, for the most, yeah, mostly June. it's just June, like, all over. So, yeah.
1: okay, so who gets these cards? Like, who gets the holiday cards and the pride cards? Do you um, buy your own just to, up. to send out? Okay. Yeah, they're free.
0: Just sign up um, and you get them.
1: And you get one? Okay. Yeah. Everybody sign they're up. They're super I mean, fun, everyone yeah. Everyone is listening to this. Okay. I want one,
0: and then (laughs) the way we, yeah, and the way we print them is they're they're really cute on your fridge, or you can like frame it, and it just it looks like art, obviously. So, um, you know, we want you to enjoy it all year round. So, (laughs) every day, (laughs) every day, yeah.
2: What good marketing? (laughs) What? um, How? Let's see. I'm, I've I've got something I'm curious about. I'm trying to frame it in a in a cogent way as a podcast answer, and I'll I'll cut out all this fumbling. But um, how how do you all how how did you go about? I want to dive back to the beginnings because this is something that I'm 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 curious mm-hmm. about with an audience that's primarily authors, uh, illustrators who are sitting and writing and would love to, I'm sure, dive into the world of performance and reading and, and outreach, because that's how you touch hearts and lives. And that's really what this conversation is about, is performance to affect people and broaden their world. How, how did you personally get into the educational aspect of it, the outreach? What were those first readings like for you as it was new for you?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, the first story Our reunited did was in Greenlight Bookstore in Brooklyn, Fort Green. And we were working with Feminist Press, which is a small publishing company, and they came out with um, um, feminist fairy tales, which were either forgotten fairy tales um, that center around um, feminism and not... Being woken up by a prince kissing you. So they were really interesting and fun. And I read one of those as the first um, story hours. And we were really kind of just making it up. We didn't really have programming or like, okay, we're going to read a book and then do a song, then a book, then a movement break, then a book. And then, you know, like I was just kind of reading straight through. And that was a story hour. And um, it was cool. It just was so new, but the instincts were there. Like, you know, my mom was a special ed teacher. Um, I have a theater background and it's just fun to work with kids. And then it's just, you know, like a journey to figure out how to marry your instincts with the right tools to kind of connect with the kids. Yeah, and, and so I don't know if that was a good, good enough answer.
2: No, oh, yeah, it, it was. And, and I, th- I think the answer in essence is, you know, follow your passion. You come by pieces of this, honestly, not specifically the kid outreach, but but you're drawing on skill sets that you have to make uh, make an experience work. And also being introspective about how you can mold it into something along the way that is more programmatic.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, I, I also think back to my childhood. I'm like, okay, well, like, if I was a kid and I was, like, five or six and went to a story, hour, like, what would I want to see? What was I, like, really attracted to? You know, what characters and movies and stuff that I, like, really were drawn to and try to play off that. And kids don't like to be patronized, and they kind of know when they're being talked down to. So I also, when I read, try to make it where – Kids feel like we're on the same level and it's not preachy or condescending because kids pick up on that stuff pretty fast,
2: even if they're like really yeah. young. So Yeah. You're clearly not a teacher. Quit acting like one, just do, <laughs> do something relatable.
0: Yeah. Be like, you're in a wig, you have blue hair, like do a cartwheel or something. Yeah.
2: Mess right. <laughs> <it> up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Stop trying to tell me or sell me insurance. It's not going to, that's not yeah. what this yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: The other, the other reality. um, I talk about this a lot. Um, I'm, I'm in corporate communications. I, I, I write for a living. I also react to public sentiment as part of my living. Uh, I, I work for a company that's not always or an industry that's not always put in the, in the best light, but a very minimal amount of the communication that I have to do is, is reactive to negative sentiment. Um, a large part of the press and communication around Drag Story Hour is, uh, does not, may not put you uh, or Drag Story Hour in, uh, in a negative light, but highlights how controversial it is. And I'm interested in the work that you all do to either negate that or fight against that flow or harness that flow to focus on the positive. Harking, harking back to your point that you made about, you know, we're not going to read a, a book about bullying because that may spark something. This is a, a similar concept in the grown-up world, telling stories that are in a negative light around something that is celebrational, sparkly, and, and positive. For kids,
0: yeah. I mean, if the haters came to story hour, they would realize that the books we read, words, and actions have consequences. So maybe they wouldn't be me's if they uh, came to story hour. Yeah. No, but you know, like it's a fine line. And you know, I i think the way media spins things, the whole other podcast episode, but um, everything's super polarizing right now. So you kind of have these right-wing extremists on one end and you have like drag story hour on the other and it's like these two camps and you have to pick one i'm like that's Mm -hmm. the world and that isn't the world like most people aren't even like on those far ends of the spectrum so it's a really weird time to navigate that and we're just really focused in our programming if there is an issue that comes up you know we want to be able to rapid respond to our chapters who need safety or need more security or guidance with things. And we will do interviews and update people with our programming and how we're making it more safe and accessible, but we're not, we don't really need to play into all this other stuff that people want us to get into. So...
1: Yeah. Which I'm not going to eat I mean, a
0: bowl of spaghetti after doing a full face of makeup. So <laughs> got to keep it clean and cute and not get messy, you know? Right. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been working on this with my son a lot lately because, you know, when you're five and you have a big emotion, you don't always know how to deal with it. And a lot of times, you know, it's easy to get into sort of that back and forth, that like power struggle. And I'm like, look a lot of times, like, you don't, you don't have to engage, like, you can just walk away. Like, you don't have to be, you don't have to be sucked into all of that, right? It's sort of the same mentality. It's like, that's what, that's what the other side wants. They just want, like, a fight, right? They want to, like, bait you into it and, like, suck all the joy and the glitter out of it. And it's like, well, no, you, like, you can't, you can't have it, you know? It's this great, like, really fun thing, and you can be mad about it, but, that, you know, like, that's on you. Like, we're not gonna, it's nice that you guys sort of have built that like barrier or that, that shell. And you're like, you know, we're just not going to engage because it doesn't help anymore. Yeah. I,
0: I mean like a bully without an audience is just an idiot in a closet. Oh, and right. Most of Sometimes these men are probably do, in the closet. Right. So, Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but you know, it, it's like Fox news. It's like, you know, Kurt Cameron of Focus on the Family is doing these kind of like religious story hours with his book that came out. And all these right wing newspapers wanted us to have a quote or be upset about it. And it's like, you know, that's not our mission. We're not, we don't need to tear anyone down. Like if right. Kurt wants to rent a room at the library or reserve one, like any other right. citizen, he can. Um, fortunately for us, we get paid to show up. <laughs> so, you know, do you boo. And we're not here to like, be like, like we're just like we're too busy you know doing our thing so um it's just not you know i think unlike the haters i think the queer community knows the importance of our own uh time and our energy and instead of being mad we can put the energy and time into creating more programs and more organizing and helping our community versus get upset about something. So, um, yeah.
2: And that's, that's really the important takeaway here is, yeah, don't spoil for a fight, but also, I mean, say what you will about extremist programming or, you know, whatever, but there there's, there's room in the marketplace for, all sorts of folks and uh, the Venn diagram of overlap between those two distinct audiences is very, very small. Um, So no, yeah, to your point, no need to engage meaningfully in, in ways that are just gonna drain your energy and take away from the positivity of the mission. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so we're we're getting close to an hour, and so I just wanted to I just wanted to chime in to see if there was anything that we missed that you maybe wanted to talk about or get out there.
0: Um, no, I mean, like it's been great. I'm glad that y'all have been more focused on the mission and our programming versus I don't even think Proud boys" was said once. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you said it. So. We'll leap it out. <laughs> Yeah right. Yeah. We'll, we'll come so in.
0: <laughs> I I really appreciate that because so many people just want the gloom and doom mm. car crash interview,
1: mm.
0: and it's like, do y'all even want to know what we do? Because it sounds right. like you don't. So <laughs> it's just it's all sensational at this point, and yeah. it's like, it's just nice to have people who actually like want to know what we're doing. So thank you for having us on and sharing yeah. your story. As, yeah.
2: as a as a hat. You know white white man i have so much respect for the the mission to expose kids from you know heteronormative and otherwise families to a broader range of experiences but also you know how i opened the interview from the perspective of being open to exploring yourself and putting yourself out there um just an immense amount of respect for what you all do well thank you i mean
0: The truth is we do live in a diverse world. And when you grow up, you're going to be surrounded by people that look and act different than you. People that are from different countries and have different religions and are gay or bi or drag queens or trans. Like it's just a reality you're going to live in. Mm -hmm. And I think kids who experience otherness at a young age will grow up to have compassion over comprehension we don't have to know everything about everybody to not have compassion for them. So, um, it's just really about the human condition and just loving people, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well yeah again thank you so much for coming on I mean I know you didn't know you know who we were when I messaged you but I really appreciate you just you know going forward and being like yeah I'll, I'll be on your podcast we really appreciate it we're both really yeah. looking forward to speaking
2: thanks with you for also. embracing thanks. our sparkle yeah that's yeah. right
0: all press is good press like
2: for the most part, for the most part yeah. <laughs> yeah. it well, speaks to your can... worldview that even you are able to say that <laughs>
0: I mean, if you ask the drag queen to talk for an hour, they will definitely (laughs) fill the hour up. You will not have any, yeah,
2: any trouble in the future.
1: Thanks for listening this week.
2: Find all of our episodes and other associated links and information at linktree.com slash verse show. Or reach out to us on Twitter. Thanks again, and we'll see you next verse.
1: Bye!